What's going on, everybody? Sam Brown here um, with episode, I believe this is number six of the In Between Sets podcast with Sam Brown. This episode uh, took a little bit to get sorted out. Uh, I'm going to be sitting down here with Dan Bell, world record holder, powerlifter, fucking absolute phenomenal human being. And honestly, uh, just one of the best people to connect with, to learn from, and to have part of your circle. Such a cool guy. Uh, we, we sat down here yesterday or whatever day, day before this was released and tried to record one. The connection on the internet was fucking terrible. We couldn't hear each other. We kept dropping out. So we rescheduled for the next day. So I appreciate Dan taking time out of his day twice <laughs> to sit down and have this conversation with me. Um, it, it, we went over so much here. We went over how he trains, how he coaches, uh, he, how he structures his programming, how his mindset is, his mentality with training, his mentality with with nutrition and recovery, and we even go into drugs and steroids and and kind of his philosophy on that and what we kind of think about this stuff. And it's it, you get everything here. You'll get everything that you want if you're a fan of lifting, if you're a fan of strength. If you're a fan of powerlifting, all of this stuff is, is covered here in today's episode. And honestly, this is one of the best ones that we've done so far, and it's an absolute blast. So with that in mind, um, I'm going to shut the fuck up and get rolling here and introduce to you episode number shit. Let me just double check. I'm just going to fucking double check. I think it's number six. <laughs> episode number six, we're going to fucking roll with it, of Sam Brown's In Between Sets podcast with Dan Bell. We should be good to go. All right. Here we are <laughs> again. <laughs> so day two. Day two. <laughs> yeah, the two-day podcast is, is back in action. Uh, for those who don't know, this was this is going to be the second time we've had this conversation because the internet is fucking out to get me at any chance it possibly can. So I'm sitting down here with the powerful Dan Bell. And... Uh, now I gotta ask, what kind of Copenhagen did you just put in there? Oh no, that's school street, baby. Oh, okay, no all right, all right, <laughs> all right. Just checking, just checking. The uh, the last time I put a lip in, man, I I because I played baseball in high school and college, and I was just that was just fucking part of it. You know, it's like you you're just oh, you're yeah. in the field and you're just packing a lip. I tried one a you couple, gotta chew, yeah. dude. I tried a couple years ago. I thought I was on a fucking roller coaster. I thought I was gonna die. I was like, "How did I do this shit all the time?" It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so you just competed, right? Just a couple weeks ago. You, yes, uh, how did that go for you? Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a good day. Uh, Twenty-four forty-seven, uh, ten oh three squat, five eighty-four bench, and uh, eight sixty deadlift. It kind of. Kind of damp, but it actually really pissed me off. It, like it put it lit, lit a good fire in me yeah. to where I was supposed to, I was supposed to do my next meet and wraps, and now I'm going to be doing it in sleeves just because it made me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> now that, that I mean, yeah. it, it's there. It, we kind of mentioned this before, but I want to bring it up again. Is that level of rage like that is a an absolute powerhouse for you, right? You use that as as a as a motivator. I know there are some people that don't. There are some people that are more calm, but you have to use that. Is that is that true? Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, I always like even like try to keep my give myself uh, little reminders and stuff like that. Well, it's funny because I'm sitting here at my desk, and um, 
here's a flag from Slovakia where Peter Petraz is from. Yep. I had to do that when he, when he, when he took my world record total, I, I put, <laughs> when he took my world record total, I put that up and then, uh, here's another, here's a picture of me and Andre. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, just those subtle, subtle reminders, you know, that, uh, fuel you to keep going. Yeah. You gotta have them. Yeah. And, and I can't imagine how much fuel that you need to be able to just put a thousand pounds on your back. I don't think people give like, I don't think people understand. Like I jumped into multiply and had like 800 on my back. I've had like just heavier weights than I've ever had. But at the same time, it's like, you have to go to this separate place. You, you, it's like this weight could fuck you up bad. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. (laughs) And I think, and I think it's one of those things that I think that people get drawn to you about because on the outside, like you're this very, uh, calm, fun, fucking party guy. Really, like you're you're a good time. You're you will help anybody that you meet. But there's that switch, and I want to get into that. I want to get into what makes that switch happen for you, uh, whether it's past memories or just your your performance. I really want to dig into what makes it possible for you to get under a fucking thousand pounds multiple times over and over. 64. I've, I've squatted 1,000 pounds 64 times. Unreal. <laughs> Fucking unreal. <laughs> it was so funny because uh, we, I was, uh, there was a meet here at Perfect Storm not too long ago, and somebody actually asked me, they're like, you know how many times you squatted 1,000 pounds? And I was just like, instantly, 61. And I was just like, <laughs> they're like, holy shit. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, but yeah, um, actually, it's like I don't know. My my wife might not really approve, but um, the one of the bigger, one of the, I say bigger, but one of the fine factors of why I got into powerlifting is because the girls. I mean, I was twenty seven years old, uh, juice to the gills, and I just those little the single chasers, what I like to call them back in the day. <laughs> I was uh, I was about it. I was about it, and I mean, it did lead me to my wife, so she can't complain too much. But um. Uh, yeah, so, like, every time I had, like, a moment in my life where, um, where, like, something bad happened, a breakup, uh, you know, a a family member passed away, something along those lines, it would just seem like, it would just seem like my next cycle, I had that rage enough to put up a great PR or put another thousand pounds on my back, little stuff like that. But then again, on the flip side of it, since I've been married and since I've lived in Florida with my wife my career just kind of skyrocketed because I didn't have to have that. I, I had a good, I had a good uh, normalcy about my life, a good uh, balance between uh, the rage in the gym and the calmness I need to do my job. So and there is a flip side to it. You just got to find it where you can get it. But the, the, the rage still comes and goes. And it's, I feel like I've been able to harness the switch a little bit better because like we kind of said uh, yesterday with Danny Tinero. He's like, get mad, but control what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You, you take a deep breath, yeah, take a deep breath, get pissed, but make sure you execute the lip right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something that you got to do too. Yeah, and and, I, and it's one of those things too. Is you are always your technique, especially in the squat, is is so locked in and dialed in. And I don't think. It, people give that enough credit because that's that makes such a tremendous amount of difference in your execution. Cause now you can use that anger and that rage and you can really put it where it needs to be as opposed to like this, this wide brush stroke of just being angry and wild and just fucking just all over the place. Right. Because 
again yeah, with uh, with a thousand pounds on your back, something bad goes wrong. Like it, that's fucking big deal. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, and then you know the spotters get hurt. I get hurt. You know, there's a there's a lot of responsibility when it comes to moving around with that much weight. Kind of one of the reasons I haven't been such a fan of the walkout. I know a lot of the old older school guys are like, oh, walk down, hey, that's how you need to squat. There's a lot of guys that go back and forth on it too. I mean, including the USPA. But um, if I'm trying to move this much weight, the last thing I want to do is give it another factor or something to go wrong. Mm-hmm. So if I can squat out of a mono and put more weight on the bar with a mono, I mean, use a mono. It's yeah. just like rats, you know. We yeah, we kind of talked about that uh, yesterday too. Like, I love rats. Mm-hmm. I love rats because to me, to me, powerlifting. Is about the most weight on the bar. So if I can use these wraps to put another hundred pounds on the bar, I'm going to use the hell out of them. And that I've felt like really feel like over the last couple of years, I've kind of like fine tuned the way I use wraps. And of course, there's different type. There's different types out there for everybody. Um, but yeah, it just um, that's that's what powerlifting is. Yeah, just getting those techniques down. Uh, for me, the kind of like what I said uh, yesterday too. The with a squat, it's second nature to me now. Mm. Like it's, I it, it may take me a week or two weeks to find find my groove, but when I do, I don't have to worry about losing it whatsoever. You know, like when it comes to frequency, when it comes to anything like that, or along those lines. But with the smaller lifters, you know, they they do need the more frequency to keep the groove. But for me, it's just second nature. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things I actually you brought up a good point is is the wraps, right? Because I've who right now, if you have a big squat in the line, who's wrapping your knees? Um, depends on location, mm-hmm. uh, really. But um, if if I have to choose, um, uh, Danny, Seth, or John Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Callis is Tom Callis is a, a good third or fourth. Um, Tom's always a guy that I can depend on. You know, if I'm going somewhere or something like that, John's got he's a cop out of Chicago, so. He, he flew down from Miami to meet last year. Seth's always guiding cattle, but he was competing in Miami last year. Mm-hmm. Seth actually, Seth got me for my 11-13. Um, Seth, with, he's so precise mm-hmm. with the wrap and where it goes and what it does and how it works. That's how I've been able to fine-tune it. Now, when it comes to Danny, if I, there's been a lot of times where I put a 1,000 pounds in the bar and like, hey, Danny, you mind? And he's like, he comes over and wraps me. And then I'm like, hey, Give me forty more kilos because this wrap's too good. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows how to crank them on. Yeah, I mean, Seth. We had Seth out at Elite FTS, and he did a video on on wrapping knees. And just for shits, I was like, "All right, Seth, what we're gonna have you do is we have our uh, our data guy. So it was like the, our uh, I, our resident nerd. I go wrap him <laughs> like you would wrap Dan. <laughs> I thought he was gonna fucking break his leg. It was incredible, yeah, yeah. and then this kid, this guy was just twitching out. He shout out to Alex. He took it like a champ. He but he was squirming, and that's something that a lot of people that don't compete with wraps don't realize. And it's in for me personally when I got into multiply lifting, like the wraps were honestly the fucking the easiest part of the process because everything else was so fucking constrictive and terrible. I'm like, oh, you have to wrap my knees too. That's the only part of me that's exposed. So might as well. Like what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you incorporate the wraps into your training? Like, when do you start putting them on more? What sort of a frequency do you have with them? Well, if I'm dedicated to uh, to wrapping for the meet, then I'll do it the whole 12 weeks. And not to mention, like, it really takes, like, my knees and the skin around my knees to get used to it 
like a good three to four weeks, especially when we get really cranked. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll throw, I'll do it myself. Get them on there pretty loose, like round eight hundred, just to feel it, get to get my my wrap grip because I am just a tag wider when I go in wraps mm-hmm. because I don't have to I don't have to rely on the spread as much because I get to use the wraps. Right, right. So when I'm in yeah when I'm in sleeves, I'm a little bit tighter because I I try to bounce off my calves. Mm-hmm. A lot more, yeah. Now, do you have different, <clears throat> so, different style of wraps as well? Mm, or do you just keep the same mm, ones? Yeah, I keep the same ones. They're really ca- like a cast, bouncy type. And another thing that I do is I get a brand new set for the meat. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll even I'll even warm up in my old ones. Then I'll take my first, second, third, and those brand new pair. But then the next cycle, I use that, those pair for the entire like entire training cycle. So mm-hmm. I got a couple. I got a nice little shelf in my garage. It's got a couple. So I got the eleven, thirteen ones. I rode on them, hung them up in the trophy case and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's quite a few pairs that the uh, twenty five, eighteen on my first thousand, like stuff like that. I keep those, but um, yeah, I get a good use out of them. It's it's more. I, which wraps did you use? Uh, at Elite, we just had whatever we had lying around i don't really yeah it, uh, I, and honestly yeah. like i i think we were using the crate wraps over my last meet that we used um but yeah the crate ones are good yeah yeah the crate ones are real similar to the ones i used mm-hmm. um but mine's from pioneer tom callis yeah oh, for sure. a, good, a good knee wrap so yeah well yeah, yeah, yeah. i have my it's pioneer belt so i fucking love those guys <laughs> Yeah, Matt's Matt's a great guy. The things that he's done for this industry and for powerlifting alone, like I cannot praise him enough. You know, and I've never, I, I've always been kind of, I don't want to say sponsored by them, but I've always supported them. I've always backed them. He's been a, such a great, solid dude for the community and for myself. So, mm. yeah, I can't say anything bad about him for yeah. sure. Yeah, and it, it's and it, it's funny. The uh, there's always been a war waged between Multiply and fucking Raw guys and all that shit. But have you seen those in Inzer sleeves? Those new Inzer sleeves that are yeah. I ordered I ordered them about four weeks ago, and I still don't have them. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Phantom sleeves. Yes. Yeah. So you haven't yeah. had a chance to actually train in those yet, have you? No, no, there's a couple guys in my gym that have them, and Miana's got them too, so I've, I've been around them, I've seen them, I see the way they're constructed, I mean, there is a reason they're $140 or however much worth they were, but um, it's a solid product, uh, obviously you just put a lot of time and effort into getting those down right, you know, there was a bunch of confusion in the beginning, but I think it was just a, a lot of Iron Rebels guys chirping, trying to stir some shit, but right, right. It, it, all leveled, <laughs> it all leveled out now. Um but yeah, no, I I think uh, I think they're a good product. Uh, Matt actually from Pioneer, he's the one that I got his prototype sleeves that uh, I squatted in, squatted in for my last meet. Oh, these, yeah. um, you know, typical uh, typical prototype. I mean, it's a solid product. Uh, he gave me the first pair, and we went over a few different changes that made it better. But um, he's still, you know, kind of working through the bumps, how it goes with the uh, mm-hmm. design and something like that. So yeah, they're good. I mean, I squatted a thousand of them. So I mean, that says something right there. But um, I would, I really do want to try the Enders. And Matt's cool about it too. Matt's like, hey, whatever gets you the most weight on the bar, dude. I don't, you don't have to That's do that. You wear my rare, belt. man. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. fucking rare. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, it, it's it's cool to see, and and it's cool to see the uh, sort of progression in in like the sleeves and whatnot, but I, I brought them. We, we have a few pairs at elite that we were kind of just looking at. I'm like, these fucking things are thicker than my briefs. 
I'm like, yeah. holy yeah. shit, man. They're just fucking yeah. well, standing actually, up on their own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny because uh, last Sunday I wore my SPDs, mm-hmm. and um, Seth was like, hey, man, you got you can probably try these out. And I went over and felt them. They're the uh, Elite FTS sleeves. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they're even USPA approved. And I'm like, damn, all right. You know, it's just another another tool to have in the shed. You know, why why not? Just at least uh, spread it out and see what, let you put the most weight on the bar. That's powerful. Fucking A, man. So what does the rest yeah. of your training look like? Uh, obviously, we, we talked about your squad a little bit yesterday, if you want to go into that, about how you kind of program it and how you progress it. But I, I'm really interested in how the whole program kind of looks and how you kind of maneuver everything because we're not talking about you being a fucking 500-pound squatter that can squat three times a week and pull twice a week and bench fucking seven times. What are the fuck they're doing now? Like when you're yeah. hitting the weights that you're hitting, like the recovery time is as important as the training time. And then some, and then some. Yeah, I actually, it's funny that you said that because I'm kind of looking around here. A lot of times this is where I sit and write everything out mm-hmm. and try to get my try to get everything and i don't i think the notepad's actually in my work truck but um yeah i uh it, so squatting dead every other week they always alternate um then my bench um because how much low bar taxes my shoulders i actually put my close grip on my squat week mm-hmm. so I, I and then i put my comp bench on my deadlift week so I, I've, I've had a lot of a lot of help with that with through ed cone and of course talking to eric and a lot of other lifters just because the low bar does tear up my shoulders and my elbows quite a bit i've got to the point now to where it's like i almost need 60 milligrams of uh, toradol to get through a meat just because so my elbows get so damn inflamed and yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I've wanted to, I've, I've thought about going and cut my left arm off multiple times because it hurts so damn bad. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, saw, I saw that. I saw your post where you were yeah. just fucking taking bids on who has to cut your arm off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, that comes with the territory. And, of course, I'm sure there's smarter ways I can kind of deal with it, but it's just like, right, I'm going to roll with it. Not trying to fix something that's not broke. It just hurts mm-hmm. and I can deal with the pain and move on. Yeah. And, and that's, a, I think that's a good segue into the recovery of, of things, right? Like what do you do when you're outside the gym to make sure that you're ready to train? Because having a bad day when you squat 600 is one thing, but having a bad day when it's like, all right, I have to hit fucking 10 Oh three today or some shit. You know what I mean? Like that's a different animal. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Um, and I've had those days. We've all had those days. One of the biggest things that I've tried to carry through with uh, my prior training and with, um, I, I try to tell other people too, Seth and everybody that we train with, you know, just leave on a bat, leave on a good note. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if something does go, if something does go wrong, like go hit a leg press PR or go, go hit, go, go demolish your freaking quads with the leg extension until you can't walk anymore just leave on a good satisfied note because we've all had bad days but you can just turn it around real quick right there and go have fun with it with doing something else that's kind of one of the things that i try to lead on that way if you walk out with that mentality of like hey i'm accomplished then it carries on to you know whatever you're trying to do that week whether it be work whether it be training or like anything like that um but yeah as far as as far as like proper recovery man i am a sleeping mofo like i will stay in bed for 10 hours a day if i feel like i'm pretty damn taxed and uh even sunday sunday we had that i had that uh 
pretty big squat for me. And I was surprised. Monday, you know, I felt great. I was like, I woke up and I just moved. I do have a good prehab and rehab routine. Uh, Jacob Ross, he writes it out for me. Him and Tom Callis kind of collab on that. Mm -hmm. But they know that I, I like to uh, stay with my training style and my peaking program. It works really good for me. And I'm not trying to fix anything that's not broken. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that helps a ton. Yeah, and, and that mentality, you, you see it. Like you had mentioned Ed Cohen before. We had chatted yesterday kind of about how – uh, amazing he is as not only a, a lifter himself, but also as a human being to be able to help walk into any gym anywhere and just be willing to help anybody that he sees, anybody that asks. And I, and I get that same sort of vibe from you as well. Cause he was the first person I did on this podcast. I had, I had him on here and he was a fucking gem, man. He is, he really is oh, one of yeah. my favorite human beings and I'm pumped. I get to see him here in Ohio here in, uh, in just a couple weeks, but you kind of exude that same sort of mentality of like just simple work done well over the course of time, just build your progress, right? No, of course, of course. And um, it's funny, I don't say funny, but I've seen it so many times with guys, like even guys that don't switch their programs crazy fast. Like, you know, we've all seen the newbies that, oh, doing the, the cube this week and then doing Back the next week. Oh, it, it, did, yeah, it didn't work for me, so I'm doing something else. Like, that's never going to work. Consistency is always going to win. I don't care if you're jumping rope or if you're, you know, powerlifting. You know, consistency is always going to win. But um, those guys that, try, like, have done something for so long and then like, hey, this isn't working. I need to try something new. So they give it a good run, a good six, eight-week run. They're not seeing the progress or it's just not working for them mentally or maybe their body's not ready for it. They go right back to where they started. Mm -hmm. And they go back to right what they used to do because that's their comfort zone. So it does make sense. And I know everybody's like got that analogy. You got to be uncomfortable to adapt and survive. You know, and, and that's fine. I get it. But if something works, why are you changing it? <laughs> like, especially right. if you're comfortable with it. Yeah. And I'm, especially and, if you're comfortable. And I'm sure you've gotten the question, and, and I've gotten it a few times uh, through DMs or whatever. People saying, hey, I just put 50 pounds on my total running this program, and uh, what do I do next? It's like, okay, how about you keep doing the fucking thing you're doing? <laughs> right? Like, like exactly. what the fuck? <laughs> like, pretty good, right? But, but, yeah. I, but I, I appreciate your insight into your training because not only have you been doing this for a while, but you're also able to kind of auto-regulate and understand where the ebbs and flows have to come from. And, and you trust yourself, right? You, you've done the yeah. thing already, right? But I think a lot of younger lifters think that there is a super secret Soviet program to do this, that, and the other thing when it's like you eat well, you sleep well, you train hard, and you kind of get the feedback. You're a big, I think you're, from what I've seen so far and what I've seen with your training and, and the people I've talked to about you is like, you're a big feedback guy. It's like, if this is working, just keep doing the thing. If it's not working, then we adjust. Yeah, yeah. And that, um, I kind of blame that on my father. He, like, instilled keep it simple, stupid in me. But, like, I, I still say the two best things that he ever, I don't say left with me because he's still alive, but the two things that he instilled in me at a younger age was know when to shut your mouth and keep it simple if it's working. Like, you know, just the, those two things have stuck with me through this 35 years and they've been so great to a lot of different avenues in my life. So, yeah, if, if keep it simple and keep it working. Just keep doing it, you know? And then when, when it doesn't work, 
I'm at that point now where I'm not begging for a 50 pound PR. I'm begging for a 10 pound PR. You right. know, like right. I'm, yeah, I'm going, yeah, going through a whole 12 week cycle just to get a five pound PR. Or like, I mean, you can even look at my bench. I was at 600 uh, two years ago, a year ago with the current and whatever. And now like I, it's got to be a good day for me to get 584, you know? So just like the, those come and come in waves. I'm, I'm sure uh, give me another two cycles. I'll be right back at 600, maybe chipping away at a PR. But just comes with that territory. You got to, got to take the good and just keep on rolling. Mm. And I'm sure that it, 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 we had mentioned this before as well. Is your training crew down in your area like you have so many amazing athletes in their own right, but alone also being training partners with their insight must be tremendously valuable for you on a daily basis. Oh yeah, I wish I had a dollar for every time like I set be deadlifting and I'd be squatting and I'm just like, hey, can I pick your brain for a minute? And we'll just we'll we'll chat for two seconds. I get his insight. He tells me what he saw. Or it's the same way with Danny. Danny's like, you know, hey, you, you didn't look like you were in the groove there. Maybe you know, go fix your go fix your tight hip, and we can keep on grooving, bro. And it's just those little things and those insight and those guys' experience and eyes have kept me in check over the years. Now, along with myself, you know, the mm-hmm. auto regulating and the knowing the stimulus that I need, and then. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I got lights to attend to. Yeah, stuff like right. that. Absolutely. And now, have you, um, when you first started training, uh, when you first started wanting to do powerlifting and you kind of th- threw yourself into this whole thing, were you training by yourself or you were, were you training with a crew? It's funny. I had uh, two training partners, um, Riley and Shane. Um, Riley's still a uh, 198er. He's got a lot of life going on. He's a, he's a father now. Congratulations. He, um, He's doing a lot of good things for outside of powerlifting, but he he kind of was my ride or die for the first two or three years, and we did some incredibly stupid shit in the gym. Like, yeah, it was it was wild. We would max out every other day. Like we would, and we like I even had a freaking shoulder day. I haven't I got a shoulder pump in almost three years now, but we had like it was it was ridiculous, and we would just go put the bands on the squat squat rack and see how much we could overload it. And, not die yeah it was it was it was pretty outrageous but uh yeah that's that's kind of we started and of course you know training partners come and go and we had we had different eyes or views on life and whatever and i of course i feel like i've never actually put powerlifting on a back burner but i've done it once or twice where i took six eight months off and kind of do my own thing but the but um yeah we we started out together then i kind of after that kind of went up to Dubuque, Iowa. I was working out of Earn Not Given Barbell there. He, we had a garage gym. It was great. I, I had a, a old-school Titan rack. It was rated 700 pounds. I squatted a grand in that, and everybody in the basement about shit their pants. It was it was hilarious. But, um, yeah, just the, with the, through the years, after uh, after that, I went back to Illinois and started training with uh, my buddy Cheeks. He tagged along with Shane Riley and I quite a bit. He actually... He's been the one that stuck with me the longest. He's still one of my best friends. The guy's a great guy, but he trains by himself now in Illinois. I feel bad for him, but you know, it's just it's hard to find those like-minded power lifters that just want everybody to be better. He he kind of carries on the same message that I do. You know, help everybody out, and you know, if they want to power lift, let's power lift. If they don't, okay, have fun doing what you're doing. You know, and I'm all for that. There's there's plenty of guys in our gym that don't power lift. They just train to train and. You know, to what it feel young again, I guess you could say. But we got professional bodybuilders in there too, and that's nice to see every once in a while too. It's like, damn, you know, if if I wasn't eating these five double cheeseburgers, I'd be looking <laughs> like that guy. You know? 
that's yeah i mean and it, it, it's it, to be i mean having spent my last year and a half in in the elite fts kind of uh, the facility there i saw some freaks right like when you see a freak at what they're doing is like what the fuck like that was you're just made different right especially bodybuilders i'm like i don't even know what that fucking part is like what the hell is that i got a muscle there <laughs> i was like mine's a little squishier than yours it looks like <laughs> So, oh, yeah. so how do you uh, currently uh, work for your like nutrition and whatnot? Like, what do you what are you following for that? Oh well, currently I kind of go by feel. You know, um, uh, this morning I was three seventy five. It's the lightest I've been in almost two years. Fucking stage oh, ready, Dan. Be... Stage ready. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, sh- a shave away. A shave away. Yeah, uh, that's funny. But um, no, it's just my feel, and I know like my strength will come back. And like you, like I said uh, yesterday or whatever, um, usually about three, four weeks out when everything gets bumped up a little bit, you know, trying to get ready for the platform, I'll throw an extra 15, 20 pounds on, just like that. And it comes with territory, you know. Uh, a lot of times it will mess up my leverages, but um, you know, just got to be strong enough to work through that. And then I, I noticed that the last couple of times I've got the 400 pounds, my leverage has been off a little bit than they were for training, but it just comes in the territory and how you got to fine tune those little things. Mm-hmm. Now, right now I'm at like uh, three meals that are consistently higher protein, less fat. And then the other two meals through the day are just, Hey, uh, eat dude, you got to get mm-hmm. something. And it's not garbage. I'm like minded. Like, don't I, last night I had a chicken quesadilla and like a couple things of popcorn. It's just like I'm not overly splurging and shoving my face. Well, everybody flips out. They're like, "Man, you you don't eat eight thousand calories a day?" I'm like, "No, I'm maybe around four thousand, but I'm also drinking two gallons of water and sweating my dick off all day at work yeah, too." Right. You know, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of kind of the way it goes. That just comes with the territory. So. Now is 400 pounds like where you want to be? Have you tried a little bit more? Have you tried a little bit less? Or is that just kind of the sweet spot that you feel? December last year, I was 432. And I was disgusted. Like, I was, I was disgusted. But I was like almost depressed about it. I'm like, Okay, not moving around so great for work. Um, not the training, like, I want to go, but I'm just sluggish. And, you know, life in the bedroom wasn't the best either. At the time, I want to say it was bad, but, I mean, I'm out of breath on the bottom the whole time. Like, come on. You know? <laughs> she can't be having fun with this. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, under 400, I'm pretty happy with myself. Yeah. Uh, even at 400 is not horrible. It's just you gotta your body's gotta accommodate for it. Now at three seventy five, I feel like I'm eighteen again. You know, mm-hmm. working sixty seventy hours a week, jumping in the pool every night after I get home, and just like having fun with it. And, you know, when when everything else gets to be better like that around you, training gets better, everything gets better. Mm-hmm. So you, it's where where you want to feel comfortable and what you want to do with. It's just how you get through your daily life. Now, I'm not completely dedicated to powerlifting. If that was the case, I would probably be like 355 and trying to train every day so just how you auto regulate that yeah now when you get closer to a meet now you're competing in september right so so what we're going to be so as you get up closer to that meet is there a time where you start locking in so much that you 
no longer maybe go out to dinner as much or just kind of like really just focus in on your training or do you kind of live your life the way that you do as you kind of progress from meat to meat? So I've done both sides of it to where like, I'll like no sex, no drinking, like three weeks out. Yeah. Like the old Rocky motto is like women make your legs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And that's, I I do not believe in that when we're in the fan. No, 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 I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to bust off 20 minutes before the meet starts. Like, no, I do not believe in that. But, um, I've done both, but it feels like when I do put myself in that box, then when the meat does come around and it's over, I explode. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's not good on me, not good on her, not good on, you know, anything, especially my wallet, you know, something like that. But, like, um, if I just gradually, you know, ease into it, where I hone down, say, two weeks out, like, okay, hey, I'm not going to drink. I don't have to drink to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just, you know, go out, we'll go out to dinner, we'll... I'll pay attention, and like I said yesterday, I'll take a piece of grilled chicken over a steak any day of the week. It doesn't really bother me. I've just always been a chicken fan. So um, as far as that goes now, I do eat a lot more when it comes down to like two weeks out because I'm constantly hungry, but I'm just burning everything. But training is getting a little bit more intense and heavy. So like I usually take my last heavy deadlifts three weeks out. And then I won't deadlift it all until the meet. And then my last heavy, my last heavy squat is two weeks out, and my bench opener is ten days out. But the night before the meet, I'll go squat five, six hundred pounds, just to really grease my groove. And you know, nine times out of ten, you gotta fly, you gotta drive, you gotta, right, you gotta right. do something. Yeah, bind yourself up, especially my hips. I drive probably a thousand miles a week for work, so my hips are something I'm constantly focus on keeping loose and keeping flexible my adductors have always been crazy tight but i think that really works for me more than it hurts me so yeah yeah those, those are something you got to do but yeah i when i get in the zone for that i'm i'm pretty in the zone but i also like to have fun because that's what it's all about and, and you had mentioned your hips and and just watching your squat is you move tremendously well for being such a large human Right. Like you see, you see smaller guys than you really squatting and looking like, oh, shit, like that looks like a struggle. Like you had said, it's yeah. just you are so smooth and, and consistent with your form from every rep, every set. And it's it, it just fucking shows, man. Like and that's something that it's, you had mentioned yesterday that you're now starting to take clients. You're starting to coach. It's like, how do you take your experience as a world class lifter? And kind of parlay that into helping maybe newer power lifters because that you see that a lot, right? Is like people do a thing really well, and I've seen it firsthand. It's, I've seen some people that are really strong and really smart, but they can't educate, they can't teach, they can't carry that over. But you do a really good job of it. Yeah, that's been a, a learning curve I put on myself the last uh, last couple uh, two or three months since I started really coaching. I don't say full time, but coaching mm. uh, you know consistently. And um, it's funny because one of my best friends, Brittany Dimmer, she works out at ENG in Dubuque. Um, she was having a real hard time with her deadlift, actually sitting down and getting her quads engaged first. I put her in a chair for two weeks. I'm like, make your ass touch and then stand up. Mm-hmm. Like she went from yeah, she went from 402 to like 474, and she was that those little keys. Now I just did that to Joe Jordan about two or three months ago. He's always had a little issue with his with mm-hmm. his uh, deadlift, and I'm like, Joe, you got to get those quads in there first. So I 
I'm he's he's on wagon wheels, so it didn't really help much. But I'm like, hey, put this chair behind you. Make your ass touch and stand up. And after you got done with the wagon wheels, went to a straight bar. I was like, do it again. Keep doing it because your body's going to conform, and you'll it'll be after. I think I can't remember. I've looked it up before, but I think it's like 1,200 continuous reps at that weight. You're body actually gets used to forming that way and, mm -hmm. and going with that bar path so uh, you know once you make that that consistency hit and your body remembers it's just like second nature to where i've been able to <laughs> i've been actually fucked up so many times i've had to find yeah, yeah. i've had to find uh, yeah i've had to find out how to make this work or how to make this better to where that's I've, that's carried over pretty well for me. But then again, training around Deanna, Seth, Joe, Danny, all of them at Perfect Storm, you hear these cues. And Trevor Jaffe and I have actually talked about the verbiage mm -hmm. for different people. Like you can say the same thing, but use a different word and it clicks for somebody. Yep. But if you use the word that you used before, it doesn't click. It's just like, I'm saying the same thing, just use a different word. <laughs> so, yeah, the verbiage too has been a, kind of a big thing. And I, I've, I've kind of gone with that with my newer clients to me like, hey, I need you to tighten your back up or hey, put your shoulder blades in your back pocket. Like stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. It's really and, I, and it's cool to see that because. I mean, obviously, if you're working with somebody remote, you can't do anything like in person or physical with them. But even just like mm -hmm. if you're working with somebody in person, it's like, all right, I want you to tighten here. And like you poke them where you want them. They're like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. But that's yeah, a, that's yeah. a good point that you brought up that like the, the verbiage matters and the words that you use matters, because I think coaching as like you're walking into a situation with a toolbox. Right. If you only have a hammer dude, you're going to be looking for some fucking nails and not every job requires a hammer, right? So yeah. it's cool for you to, I mean, you have such a tremendous uh, uh, group of coaches and athletes around you and, and you are so open to knowledge. You're always learning, right? You're, you, of all people, yeah. like you, you really do embody what a lot of people should be looking for in an athlete or also a coach is like, you're constantly learning. You're constantly doing the shit yourself and you want to make everybody better. And believe it or not, that's fucking rare, right? Like that's a <laughs> rare trait to have. And you had mentioned it in the powerlifting world is I can't imagine the fucking egos that you have run into at your level of just Ooh. fucking nut jobs. <laughs> it, it's actually, it's actually like, it's almost comical now because you see them coming in and like you see them and they're just uh, raging and balls to the wall and it's shooting from the rooftops. And four months later, they're, back in their mom's garage, you know, mm -hmm. living their own life. You, they just come and go so easy, the egos. But the, the guys that want the best for everyone are usually the ones that stick around the longest. It's kind of crazy how, how you see like, and they stay the most relevant and they mm -hmm. just, you know, keep their, keep their head down, keep learning and just keep on doing what they're doing. It's, you can't let, you can't let the ego win because it is never, never going to carry you on any farther than where you want it, where you can go. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. And, it, and it's that uh, level of, and I call it just like, it's the, someone's level of give a shit, right? It's like, you give a shit, yeah. you give a shit about the sport and you give a shit about the people <laughs> in it. That's it. Like yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. it's like, all right, you're going to act in accordance to you giving a shit. <laughs> so of that's course. Pretty yeah. Much it, man. Uh, no. A hundred percent, hundred percent, and I care about the history too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of people don't recognize that. You know, you're looking at the Don Reinholds, you know, even I don't want to say Ray, but Ray was a spectacular person. Eric, 
Eric Lillibridge, oh, yeah. his, his run with his run was phenomenal. That watching that kid from when he was eighteen to when he was twenty six and just kind of he didn't throw in the towel. He's just enjoying life because mm-hmm. his entire life was nothing but powerlifting for ten years. So I totally get that. Eric and I talk quite a bit, and like like seeing that Andre Andre had a twenty year run. Like God, I, yeah, yeah. Like I wish my body would hold together for that long. <laughs> you know? Duct tape and bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I knowing mean, that helps helps me carry on a little yeah. bit more too yeah for sure and you're right about the history right like i was i was lucky enough to to train in fucking doug heath's basement last night one of the original west side guys and like we're no just, shit dude, and, and it's like i'm gonna be there every tuesday until i move out of ohio like this is like what the fuck <laughs> like even just sitting there listening to the stories of like Louie and like all the fucking old heads and like just how they did things and how it carries over and how there's so many similarities to things today. And it's, you're right. The history is super, super important. And uh, yeah, it's just cool to see. And it's cool to see you kind of living and passing that along to, to people that you work with, to people that you get to train with. And I think it's just super, super cool and super important. Um, One of the things I wanted to touch on with you is I think there is a wild misconception and correct me if I'm wrong, a wild misconception that the drug game is the fucking defining factor in terms of powerlifting, right? So you, I see you shaking your head because every, like they just, non, the people that are not truly connected to higher level athletes or have conversations like this have no idea that aspect of things. They assume as soon as you stick a needle in your fucking ass, you're a superhero, Right. So what's what what's your fucking God, God I wish oh, I Be real man you can fucking <laughs> rent you can vent as much as you want this is this is this is all good All right so just did that meet 3 weeks ago and I was on um uh 750 test and 300 trend it's not a lot I know no. bodybuilders that do that yeah I do I know bodybuilders who do that every other day mm-hmm. and uh I know powerlifters that will blast the gram of trend if I go over 300 trend I don't sleep I'm beating my dick like it owes me money. And, like, you know, it's just, that's not fun for me. No. If I'm not sleeping or if I'm doing something like that, I, I get no enjoyment out of life being like that. Mm-mm. And I found out over the years. Like, don't get me wrong. My first two years, like I said earlier, the first two years of piloting, I was a walking science experiment. I'd take anything and everything I could. Mm-hmm. But over the years, learning, actually, it's been since two, like 2017, 2018, was when I really found out where my stride was actually peaking at just because of the blood work that I was getting done. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, if I only take this much, I can still progress and I can still not have to take any mu- that much more. Like, it's it, so, I was getting the meats and I'm like a human pincushion. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, wh- why do I have all this in me? I'm pissing out neon green for months it's like what am i doing to myself Mm. and uh actually last year was the first yeah 2021 we kind of had a little little slowdown with with covid but i still compete pretty hard and after the current i was like hey it's time to dry out Mm -hmm. yeah i need i need to i need some time off and i went cold turkey 
And uh, my first round of blood work, we found out that my kidneys were not functioning right where they needed to be. And uh, I was just doing anything and everything I can to fix that. I did actually did dialysis once, and that's some motherfucker. I don't wish that on anybody. Right. I don't know if you know Steve yeah, Steve Gentili, the yeah. guy over there in Indy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and I, we, we got to talking a little bit back and forth because I knew he was going through all his nonsense. And he's like, man, it's yeah, caffeine drugs and orals are the big thing and i i still don't like taking orals just because what they have their impact they have on your body mm-hmm. another thing too is like the quality of stuff i see guys straight canola oil and they were like i don't know why i'm so pimply like, <laughs> well, the bath yeah the bathtub that your buddy just made that in is horrible like i don't want to go down that path but you know it's just like man it's it's not good. So the more I do, I, I, I'm an advocate about keeping it honest with people. Mm-hmm. They do ask me. I'm not, I'm not making a video and putting it out on YouTube about it. No, but I'm just sure. like, you come, yeah, you come with me with a straight question. I'm going to give you a straight answer. I've always been like that just because I don't want other people doing the things that I did or having to go through the shit that I had to go through. So um, when I did get back on, it would have been um, – it had been December last year, right before the ghost was in February. When I did get back on, it was just like the, the least I can take and still progress, I'll be fine. And I, I know 750 and 300 are at max. I can, that's where I want to be. I can be just as strong as the best in the world at that level and not feel miserable and not have to yeah. pin every other day. You know, like it's, it's a pain. There's so much scar tissue build up from over the years. And there's so much non nonchalant bullshit that I put in my body. It's like, this is what I need. And this works for me. And blood pressure is still great. You know, my, my freaking blood work's still decent, but mm-hmm. it's something triglycerides are through the roof, but that comes with taking tests no matter what. Yeah, right. but a lot of people don't look at, yeah, a lot of people don't look into the, that deep, and I, I tell as many people as I can: hey, less is more. Less is more. And you had you had mentioned getting your blood work done. Is that something you've you've always done, or is that more of a recent kind of a strategy that you've been doing? Um. So, like, 2015 to 2019, it was like you know, if I was off. I would go get it done and see where my levels were at. So maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, now I'm like religious, religiously quarterly. I'm getting it done like um, every three, four months, just just to pay attention, just to see where I'm at. And I, I want to be that nosy person because I want to know actually how this is functioning and what is working for me. There's been my my cardiologist right now. He used to he's for the Jaguars. Yep. And he was the first guy, that, he, he, he retired from them and then came down to Orman and just loves life down here. But hey, he was like, Dan, these guys are taking their blood pressure with a regular cuff. Yeah, they need no a thigh shit. cuff. <laughs> they need a thigh cuff. And he's like, if I if I really want to know exactly what your blood pressure was, I'd have to t- go down your throat and get right on top of your aorta and find out exactly where where your blood pressure is. Because I don't trust that thing with a guy that's 400 pounds. You know, that cuff was made on a guy for 120 pounds. Like, this is not realistic. He's like, I think you're fine. You 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 work 60 hours a week. You have a gorgeous life. You train four days a week. He's like, let's calm down and you let's talk to you and me not this nurse practitioner because she was bored and wanted to be in school for this long and being told that this is not humanly right when i know you're an athlete you're you're obviously you're you're very well conditioned you you work good you can run half a mile i'm like yeah cool thank you 
But, you know, that's cool. Like, I was glad that I glad that I got that peace of mind from him to where I could calm down. I didn't have to worry so much. And, you know, made my wife calm down, too. Man, she is a, when it comes to anything that has to do with medical, she's on me like white on rice. So. <laughs> well, I think it's it's very cool to see that you are you are taking your health seriously, regardless of performances. And, and even on the flip side, right? Like if you see that your health markers are in line, you could potentially push the gas a little bit more, right? Like that's, that's also the other yeah. side of that too, yeah. right? A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I've been there. And you know, like we were talking yesterday about how much mental this this game is, and a lot of people don't understand it. But I see where guys were like, "Oh, I just missed this squat four weeks out. I need to take this, 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 this." It's like, no, you need to sleep a little bit more, or you yeah. need to push a little bit more. Yeah, you push a little bit more carbs the night before you train. Let's let's do that instead of running the drugs first because yeah. the misconception of that it's like it, it's not going to work overnight. You know, a lot of people don't know the science behind how the testosterone actually works in your body or how the trembler actually works in your body. Like, it doesn't happen that minute it goes in. Like, it's mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> yeah, and you see it quite a bit. Like, even if you were were to go on to any sort of like powerlifting forum or group or whatever, you just see this horrendous trash can fire of information and it's like people are just spouting out dosages and this and that and it's like yo you have no fucking idea how your body's gonna respond to anything <laughs> yeah. anything yeah. like i don't even yeah. give nutrition advice to people because i i had an ex-girlfriend who was a who was a dietitian and she showed me an example of somebody that was allergic to steak so how often do you hear people say, oh, just eat some fucking steak, eat some chicken, whatever. Like this dude was got fucked up from eating steak. And so from, oh, from like right? seeing that, I was like, Mm-mm, no, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm just like, all right, just eat fucking protein. Like, I don't know. Like, But it's amazing. But people will just forget that with like, this is the cycle I did that I think worked for me, whether or not their drugs were actually drugs. They were they weren't right. just a fucking a vial full of bullshit that they got from some foreign country, and yep. that they, it, that actually was the drugs doing the things that they think happened, right? Like they they just don't ever oh, yeah. take their training seriously enough, or they don't monitor things at a high enough level to see the cause and effect. They just like fucking fire hose that shit and just do <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. in every direction. They're like, all right, I'm drinking a gram of caffeine a day. I'm taking fucking all the tests in the world. I'm taking Tran. I'm taking fucking D ball too. And I'm taking all this shit. And it's like, what the, how are you tracking any of this shit? And how are you a yeah. human being at any other time of the day? That's funny. Um, okay. Uh, another confession is kind of funny, but I do it. I, I got a black book. It's actually in my bathroom right next to where I keep all my drugs. Yep. And, um, every time I do anything, I write it down in there. And so when, if the time does come, I, my wife knows, hey, my body's going to science, and here's everything he's taken the last eight years. Um, fucking please, awesome. Yeah, please, like, my mom actually talked to me about this. And like, I don't want to say she made me do it, but she just put the thought in my head mm. to where this is another way that I can contribute to the future. Like, if these doctors are going to see or whatever, I mean, even if they don't, you know, do the procedure, but they're going to be able to know what a prolonged period of time on anabolics will do to the body, what, you know, whether it enlarged this and, 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 and made this bigger or made this work faster or made this work worse, that kind of stuff. Mm. I really want to be able to pay that forward 
to the next round. That's just something I want to do. That's amazing because it it is such an emotionally charged topic that people have these such strong opinions one way or the other. And it's like, we need to be able to meet in the middle and have a real conversation, have like real objective information about what the fuck is going on. And I think the, the scientific world is so delayed in their response to this stuff. But the athletic world is so gung-ho and willing to just fucking throw their bodies into this fucking fire that it's like, I wish we could meet across the table and have a conversation. And I, and I know people like, yeah. like Andy Triana uh, is a fucking stud when it comes to this stuff. And, and like Andrew Huberman is like doing podcasts on this stuff and like just trying to put out some yep. good information. But I just feel like it's a world that people don't. They hear they they hear you're a power lifter, you do steroids. Ah, oh, fuck! Like here we go. Like here's this gorilla that doesn't know anything. Meanwhile, you have been so systematic with what you've done, how you've done it, the things you've changed. You've controlled variables. You've done your own scientific experiments on yourself, right? And it's like yeah. that's so important for like you had said the next generation of people to understand is like even just how to go about this process. So fucking hats off to you, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's just like something that you know, just another way for me to push it forward to the next next round of round of idiots like me. <laughs> so speaking uh, speaking of then, No, you go, you go, you go. Then again, like like kinda of on that topic too, I hate how taboo it is to talk about steroids. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's some guys that'll be like me and they'll tell you what exactly or there's some guys that'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm doing all this stuff and they're totally lying. Mm-hmm. Or there's guys that are like Oh yeah, I don't, I don't take much. Yeah, it's just, just a little bit. Like it's just okay. Like if you were honest about it, mm-hmm. I take you a little more seriously. And like, there's other guys that's like, oh no, I'm natty. I'm like, either you can tell me, or I can watch you for five minutes and tell you. you know? <laughs> like I'm not dumb. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's I like it's it. like, dude, your traps touch your fucking ears. Like, like, exactly. Let's yeah. be real, bud. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, exactly. I, you also weigh one ninety eight. And you have fucking four yeah, percent body fat all year round. So let's yeah, let's let's have that conversation. Another good show is um, if you look at guys, mm-hmm. their hair goes from goes from their eyebrow to their forehead, like mm-hmm. back to their regular head. That's a good sign because that's like more, that your androgen receptor pushes hair follicles through that area where they're not normally. Ah. So if you just I look at somebody's forehead and be like. Yeah, you got some good tests, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and, and it's and, and it is funny because like I I always refer back to when people are talking about steroids and they just assume it's bad. They just go steroids bad, and it's like yo man, like you don't we don't even know the level of depth that like, steroids at very various levels could do to help heal people. It could help bridge the gap between where they like just very big real world issues that just because they have this stigma where it goes like, this is bad. You shouldn't do this. And it's like, what the fuck, man, man. When I tell you like my first uh, foray into steroids was when like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, like the home run race. And as a kid, I even had the opinion of being like, why don't, why doesn't everybody else do this shit? They're hitting fucking (laughs) nukes. Like this would be the most entertaining fucking sport on the planet. It should be fucking wide open. They have the best doctors in the world. Stick them. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. everybody wants to see it. Everybody yeah. wants to see it, whether the whether they'll admit it or not. Everybody wants to see it. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, it, so and again, true. right? Like it's 
and we're not saying like we're not going out and saying like everybody should do it all the time regardless right it's like you're it, we're talking about intelligent choices done by adults with quality information with medical sort of history understanding what's going on but for fuck's sake like for people to think that steroids don't happen in professional sports Holy shit. Oh, outrageous. It's yeah, totally yeah. outrageous. Get real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No shit. Yeah, exactly. Granted, exactly. granted there, think, there are yeah, freaks, you... but at the same time, it's like, mm, yeah, if, if you're getting paid millions of dollars a year and the difference between you getting paid another $10 million for the next two years is you sticking a needle in your ass, you know you're going to be sticking a needle in your ass. Yeah, I hope it's a 27 gauge. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Let's go. I just think about like Tom Brady. He spends right. two million dollars on, on a, a year on his nutritionist. It's not the fuck. Guy, it's not the fucking water and stretchy bands. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely not. Not his hot yoga that's yeah. making that guy still still run up and down the field. I promise you that. Yeah. Fuck no, man. Hundred percent. And it's funny because like people forget is like when he when he was with the Pats and he fucking tore his hand up, and it was just like all of a sudden it was like three days later it was like totally healed. Damn. We're like, hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should cut the sugar and get a vibrating foam roller. I think that's what it, that's, <laughs> that's what it is, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, it, and, it's fu- and it's funny because like, I kind of want to pivot this back into how you're, you're, you're kind of impacting the next generation, especially with your coaching, is, is you have put yourself in these situations of making these decisions that you, looking back now, you're like, Hey, maybe that wasn't a good move. And I think that's so important from a coaching perspective to have at least ex- lived those situations. So when the conversations sure. come up, you're able to talk to them from not only the like the scientific education, but also the experiential education that you've, you know, that you've been able to develop, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, I can remember like even in high school, like football, my coaches were like he could tell Dan all day long, but if he doesn't do it by himself and learn what the proper way, then he's not going to learn. I've been like that my entire life. You know, mm-hmm. my John Crothers like, well, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. So it's yeah, just one of those type of things. But, uh, yeah, it was like that for me in high school. Uh, I was never really smart, but if I could do it with my hands, mm-hmm. I, it, it, that's why I went, that's one of the reasons I went to tech school. I could pass flying colors all through the shop, but the minute it got taken that test – I'm brain dead almost. Mm. And it's like that with any, anything in life. You know, it's just like if you don't know or have any guidance, let, let's run into it with a full head of steam, but know where the things could go bad. And if they go bad, you learn. If they if they go great, you learned. Mm. Like, just keep keep pushing forward. I've always been that type, but I've learned a lot by trial and error with my own experiences. I, I think that's helped me get as far as I have been and not just in powerlifting, but in life in general. too. Mm. And how do you kind of connect with your clients? If somebody wants to work with you, like what, what sort of process do you have to kind of understand them and, and, and how to help and educate them going forward? Oh yeah. There's, um, there's like, I, I hate to be that guy, but uh, we do have kind of a screening process mm-hmm. to where, you know, I, I don't want to jump on somebody's radar and, you know, grab a newbie and give him, you know, 12 weeks of great programming. And then he's like, oh, I just hit a hundred, hundred pound PR and a 300 pound PR on my total, blah, blah, blah. Like I didn't do that. It's because 
you are new to the sport and that's how it goes. Now mm-hmm. you just get you got a three hundred pound PR in your total. Next meet, you might have a five pound PR. This is the way it's gonna go. Your process, your body's learning how to adapt to the weight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, through my experiences, I've been able to help a lot with the with the coaching but i am coaching seasoned athletes that are very well in tune with their body and what's working through my my peaky program and through my off-season training i've just learned how to build the base and then how to expand it to where we're peaked and this is like peaking i've peaked so many times the week after me it hurts me to think about it like i've done it it's like it's always like if I'm doing a meet and wraps the very next weekend, I'm hitting a PR and sleeves just because I know my body's mm-hmm. so peaked right now. Mm-hmm. So peaked right now. But being able to fine tune myself and finding the little ways to keep it directional to where it peaks perfectly have been something that I've been able to help and I see it in other people too. Like normally with my program will go up two percent every week every other week on on it. But if I see something's wrong, I'll cut it to one percent. Like Joe Jordan and his best squat. We were down in Fort Lauderdale, and he's like 10, 19. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, I'm like, Joe, you just took your second 10 3. It was absolutely horrendous. But look like you had a little more in you. Where was your goal? He said 10, 36. I'm like, cut it in half and take that squat. Mm-hmm. And he did, and that's his best squat ever. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you aren't able to recognize that and notice that, hey, maybe I do need to cut it in half and take what I can get and move, move, move the fuck on. I mean, just, just how it goes. But being able to take that to the training remotely has been, it's been tricky to say the least. Oh, yeah. But the, you, you got to have clients that want to help you coach them. And there's one girl that I'm coaching now, uh, Emily. She's a coach too. And she's been, she's been a, a, I don't say popular, but she's been a successful powerlifting coach in, in her girl community that she's coached quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I love coaching. She's so easy. She's bullheaded as hell. Yeah. But she, she, but, but she, she knows, she's learning how to auto-regulate herself, and she's not over-training mm-hmm. and, like, she, like she was prior. And it's been, it's been a great process. So coaching coaches is fun. But those newbies is not so entertaining just because they want they got this idea they got that idea they're seeing yeah. this guy do that it's just like oh, come on you get you you're paying me for a reason like yeah. stick to the plan Shut do the what fuck I tell up. you <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. and and exactly. it's and that's uh, now have you had interest in have you done uh, seminars in the past because I mean you'd think for you would probably be even a better fit in a better suit because you are such a like an in-person person. It sounds crazy to say that, but like obviously remote coaching does have its its uh, hiccups, you could say. It's it's kind yeah. of difficulties, but have you ever thought about doing anything like that? Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um Ed and I've talked about it. Uh Ray and uh Ray and I've talked about it. Uh there's been a couple of people that have kind of reached out to me and wondering if I would do it as far as gyms and whatnot and stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah i'm definitely definitely something i'm gonna be interested in and doing in the future but while i'm still competitive mm-hmm. and while i'm still you know working my 60 hours a week job i kind of like to stay in my own lane now sure. you know winter winter if i do say i've been saying i was gonna retire for the last two years it's just every every time i say it the next cycle comes around and i'm like okay let's go but i do know that I don't say my end is near, but but my my thousand pounds and nine hundred pounds 
or the end for those are, are, are near mm -hmm. just with the longevity that I want out of my body. And, you know, being 400 pounds isn't horrible, but I think being 355 would be cool for a minute or even maybe down to 300 and, and like doing that kind of stuff. And I can't keep the strength that I have right now mm -hmm. at those body weights. So while I'm, while I have the strength, while I'm this comfortable at it, I'm going to run as fast and as hard oh, as I can. On. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. and, and, and this is just a side note. I'll mention this to you when we're off air, but I have some fucking really cool ideas for you that I think would be like game changing in terms of it. When you get to that point, if you present the information in a certain way, people will fucking, I'm all about it. So that was just like a side note. I just wanted to throw that out at you. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this is, it, it's so amazing to be able to have conversations with high end athletes like yourself, but also it's like the, the information that you have for coaches, for, guys that are just guys and girls that are just training and, and it's like you can get so much out of these conversations so first and foremost i truly appreciate you coming out and, and jumping on you know this is the fucking second day it's like running a seminar in itself right but um because the fucking internet sucks hate that shit but uh, no like i said dan i truly appreciate you jumping on i think what we'll do here is we'll kind of wrap it up so if you have any sort of uh things you want to shout out i mean it, your next plan you're competing in september for sure so everybody will be on the lookout for yep. that um where can people find you where can people like if they're interested in working with you coaching wise where can they connect with you there oh yeah that's awesome appreciate that Sam. it's been great and I, um you know after yesterday i did kind of pull like took a couple layers off and noticed some of your other podcasts and i really do appreciate what you're doing for the community. Yeah, I'm sure you're having a great time doing it, talking to a lot of upper level guys, you know, me Ed, and all those other people that you've talked to, but like being able for you to use your platform to spread the knowledge, like I want you to know I can speak for the community. Thank you. You know, it's good to see good people doing good things. For I, pre sure. I appreciate for sure. that quite a bit. It, but but to, <laughs> yeah, be, and, to be totally blunt with you, man, like this is the conversation that we would have in person. And that's why I call my oh. podcast in between sets, man. Like this is the shit that we would yeah. talk about. And we were fucking training together. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't notice, but I really don't, I don't want to say internet. Well, uh, <laughs> of course I, got, I, I, I got my link tree. I got everything yep. up there set up. My, my wife did all that for me. She posts half the stuff that I post because she knows how I like, don't like the internet at all. I don't even have a Facebook, but, um, yeah, I mean, anybody that hears this, they'll know where to find me. Dbell uh, underscore seventy four on Instagram. I do coach through Smart Strength Official. Uh, Tom Callis and Jacob Roth both own that, and it's a great program they're doing for coaches and for athletes. They're so well rounded. It's been such a blessing. Like they got a little coaches group, and we all bounce ideas back oh, and forth. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll be like, hey, Jacob, I got this client that's doing this, and he's like, oh, do this, do this, do this. Here you go, Dan. I'm like. You make my life Beautiful. so easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. Good having those people. You know, they look forward to the next step in the future for the sport and all strength sports. So it's mm -hmm. good to be around and surrounded with those guys. And then, um, yeah, my sponsors are on my Instagram. They'll everybody knows. So, yeah. Well, I want I, I want like you to I want you to get enough space and time to to shout some of them out because I know how important that is. Like just to add, in the community to have a a, a company that understands the benefit to having awesome people connected to them. I know, um, the, uh, strength co, right. You, you work with them, yep. right. Yep. That's, oh, yeah. yep. I actually met them at the, uh, the Arnold this past year when I was talking to the Massonomics guys, they were right across the way. 
awesome dude. Oh yeah, Grant's Grant's such a good dude, man. And um, that's something you like. A lot of people don't see in the powerlifting glamorous influencer world. Um, you know, um, I I've been I've been sponsored by quite a few different companies, but the ones that I stick with and the ones that I run with and support fully. I have to have, I, Nick and I from Live Large, we have a great relationship. I, mm-hmm. The guy stayed at my house. I've stayed at his house. Uh, we have a genuine friendship behind the sponsorship. Um, Grant, you know, I, I like, I never really did that before, but with Grant, I was like, man, I love what your company's doing. You guys make great products. Mm-hmm. You guys have a great morals, and I, I, I want to support you so much. Can I just please be part of Strength Co? And like, he's like, wow, I never would have imagined you saying that to me. And I'm like, dude, I love your message and your American made. That's something that I love and yeah, I support so cool to fully. See. Yeah, exactly. And my supplement sponsor, Never Been Stronger. Kid went to high school 45 minutes away from my hometown. I met him on a whim in the middle of Peoria and he like gave me his company's like, like no, their morals. There, there's no bullshit. There's no fillers. He's gonna tell you exactly how it is. He's gonna tell you what what's gonna work and how it's gonna help your body function at a top tier level, athletic level. And I'm like, Pat, I gotta be part of this, man. Like, this is something that I want to stand behind. I want other people to see. So I've been with them. Oh shit, it's been going on five years now. And with Live Large, I went straight from JB Boss to them because Nick and I have been friends for ten years. Nick mm-hmm. and, and Nick, yeah, he, he asked me then. I'm like, hey man, I'm a JB Boss. Love these guys. They're doing me really well. And uh, the minute JB Boss called it quits after COVID, I was like, Nick, what's up? He's like. Come home, daddy. Come on, so, yeah. Come on <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, you see so many people running from one company to another. It's just like disgusting. And there's a lot of guys that I talk to. It's like we we laugh about it and joke. It's like sucking dick for free T-shirts. You know, it's just like man, come on, have some morals. Stand behind, stand by the product that you're presenting to the world because the next round of people deserve that. You know, they deserve to support a company that has stands for something and wants to, the community to grow. And you see live large at all kinds of meets around Ohio. They just want to give back to the community so mm-hmm. much. They put on their own meets. They're doing like in the pioneers, the same exact way. I was just like that with Matt, man. I'm just like, Matt, I love what you're doing. I love how much you're giving back to the sport. I, I went, I've done the pioneer open twice and I'm, I'm going back again next year. It's just like, man, anything I can do to support you and make your platform bigger, his platform is bigger than mine now, but anything else I can do to help, I oh, yeah. will because I, I, I support what you're doing. The guy's giving jobs to half of his community just so his community can thrive. You know, if you've ever been to Coleman, Texas, it's a little tiny hole in the wall three and a half hours away from Dallas. Like, yeah. it's, nothing spe- it's nothing special, but the guy loves his town, and I'm like, I get that because I'm the same way about my hometown. Like, so if you stand behind a company that you believe in moral wise and the way they handle their stuff, you know, it's easy for you to shout from the rooftops to who you enjoy and who you prefer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's those relationships that I think are, are the most meaningful part of that is right. Like, yes, their products are fantastic, but the people that stand behind them and are, are, amazingly high quality people that give a shit again it comes back to giving a shit man like full circle it's like do they give a shit or they not and if they do they'll keep doing the right thing and keep doing it in a way that that helps support more people and and gets them the high quality products and the the education and the services and everything that they need to be their best and it's and at the end of the day again you are 
uh, an amazing uh, shepherd of the sport. You you speak well. You you really give a shit about the people around you. Your training partners, the next generation of lifters. You respect the history of the sport. It's fucking cool to see. So again. Thank you very much for jumping on with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'll put all that information down below for everybody that's listening to this fucking thing. But other than that, I'm going to stop the recording now. So fucking then now the real party starts. So, <laughs> uh, so here, here we go. Let's get this. Da, da, da. One sec.